Welcome back to the All Things Physical Therapy Podcast, Season 2, baby. This is your host, BBT Steph, and I'm so excited to continue sharing and uncovering the many layers of the physical therapy profession so that you can be the best clinician you want to be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Season 2 of the All Things Physical Therapy Podcast. This is your host, DPT Steph. On today's episode, we have physical therapist Scott Lipson. To get us started, why don't you give us a little introduction about yourself and your PT journey? Hi, everybody. My name is uh, Scott Lipson. I'm a physical therapist in Long Island, New York, about 45, 50 minutes from New York City. I've been a physical therapist for around 15 years now. I went to school at NYIT out here in Long Island. Don't do too many podcasts, but <laughs> when I responded to your question and then you asked me to come on, I, I thought it'd be fun. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I mean, we've had some great dialogues over a couple of different topics, you know, over the past, oh my gosh, it's been like almost three years that I've had this page now, which is crazy. So it's been good to learn and chat and, you know, kind of grow in both of our little niches. Right. We were talking most recently about insurance, which kind of like prompted this whole podcast, I would say season two, really, because I've kind of branched out to other guests too, like with this kind of topic in mind. So you've been a PT for 15 years, you've been primarily in orthopedic based care. Primarily outpatient manual orthopedic care. I did and still do some pediatrics. Your primary focus is... Yeah, now it's my primary focus. So take us through kind of when you started out as a new grad versus 10 years ago, and then kind of fast forward to now, how your clinical practice has changed. No, it's changed a lot. That's definitely an excellent question. And something when I have younger PTs reach out to me, or people ask me like how I ended up doing what I'm doing now and why I'm doing it and how I do it that way. I went to school in, in undergrad in GW, George Washington, Washington, D.C. I switched my major when I was a sophomore to exercise science, and I learned about physical therapy. I thought it would be a great career choice, and just I like being active, and I like working with people and, and helping people get better. That was the ultimate goal. And I interned slash volunteered you know, to get the volunteer hours for an outpatient physical therapist. This is probably uh, 20, 22 years ago, and he was working at, at the basement of an office building, had a few private treatment rooms. He would kind of just go from room to room. It was very calm, slow-paced, quiet. He'd be working one-on-one with people for about a half an hour to an hour. And people just loved the work he did. It seemed like a very relaxed atmosphere. I mean, at that time, I didn't know anything about payments, insurance, how he was getting paid, what he was doing. I was just focused on, you know, how he worked with the people. And, and I you know, he was working with athletes and people were getting better. And saw some people with ACL injuries and what he was doing with them. I really enjoyed it. And I said, oh, this, you know, I'm going to get the volunteer hours. I want to go to school for this. I think I'm going to like this. And then I always say, fast forward, probably about eight, nine years later, I find myself in Queens in a multidisciplinary office with PT. There's a Cairo. There's a physician assistant doing trigger points. There's a lot going on. And I'm not making this up. I would work with probably between 30 to 40 people in a 10-hour day. And it's just the room was spinning all day long. It was pretty horrendous atmosphere. I just like had to take a step back and say, this is just not how I want to do things. 
So I got out of there. I went to a place closer to home and it was all insurance based after that as well. I, I was there for a couple more years to the point where same thing in an eight hour day, the goal was to work with 20 to 25 people. Basically nobody was paying cash there because they wouldn't pay for that type of service. You know, I would spend three to five minutes, people, people would appreciate what I did, but you know, I was never really doing real therapy people. So I had to, I had to take a step back. I actually just quit doing a PT. It was sad, but I was fortunate because I had, my brother was, was working on his business that was doing pretty well. So I kind of, he gave me that opportunity and I kind of just gave up PT for a little while because I just, I had to do it a different way. I wasn't going to do it anymore. Yeah. Burnt out is the good word to use. <laughs> I was burnt out many times. I'm still burned out now, but uh, just in a, in a different way. Yeah. And what are you doing now? What's the kind of model or practice that you're in now? So what, what ended up happening was I gave up the PT and then I was meeting a lot of people at the gym and they screw the guys are like, oh, you're, you're a PT. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a PT. Um, they're like, oh, that's great. Where's, where's your office? I'd love to come see you. I said, oh, um, I do it out of my garage, my home, my home office. I actually uh, didn't have a home office at the time, but I did have a room up in the garage that I thought could easily be turned into office. So there was one guy at the gym. He said, uh, oh, can you see me tomorrow? I said, oh, yeah, sure. So I, I got home that night and I just, uh, I told my wife, I was like, we got to get the queen size bed out of the guest room. Somebody's coming in. They think it's a PT office. Oh, no. <laughs> so I had a fold up table from, you know, whenever I practiced during school, we put the the table in there. Uh, he came in, you know, I put some like folders in, in, on the desk just to make it seem like, you know, I was doing this all the time. You know, it got, got me just working with him one-on-one, got me back you know, just enjoying PT. And, you know, I spent the time with him. I didn't really care about, you know, the payment, how he's going to pay me. It was insurance, non-insurance. I just, so I'm just going to do a really good job with this guy. You know, it turns out, you know, it worked out. He, he told a lot of other people at the gym. Then I had some other bodybuilding friends that, you know, those, those people really depend on and they really enjoy the hands-on care. So they just telling friends after friends. And then before you knew it, basically, uh, I had 20 people like a day coming into my garage and just like, that just got overwhelming and I had to give up my, the work. My brother, I moved from the garage to uh, a warehouse that I split with my brother. It wasn't the nicest physical therapy office, but you know, we cleaned it up and we made it work and I did well at that space. And then I even had to hire somebody at that office. The person I hired was excellent. He actually went, went to Stony Brook. From day one, I just like, I didn't, even with him, I told him just don't worry about like who's paying what. The insurance, not insurance, everybody just got to get you know, the best quality care possible. But as much time as you want with them, I'm not gonna, I'm not worrying about your numbers or this or that. Just how I was doing it for myself, I want the employees to do it the same way. About a year ago, we moved from the warehouse, and I, I believe it or not, I actually bought um, a small building where I was able to uh, buy the building, and I use that now for a much bigger office. And we have uh, acupuncture and a medical doctor and a PA that I don't really push the trigger points. That's kind of they just utilize the space for people that are interested in that. And then uh, we just do it the same way. And uh, like tomorrow, for example, because I know what the conversation was about. We had, I was looking at the schedule, about 35 to 40 people scheduled. That's with like four therapists, including myself. So everybody's got plenty of time to spend one-on-one with everybody. And um, probably I'd say about half insurance and half for our self-pay. Do you and, find that you have a lot of conversations with patients, like when they come in for their new patient and they come in and they're like, okay, well, I have insurance or like, do you only take certain insurances? Yeah, exactly. So basically, those questions come up every day. So last couple of days, for example, somebody, they called me, they, they tore their uh, patella tendon. 
So obviously that's major rehab. They had surgery. They called me. They had my cell phone number. They called me. They said, I heard you're the best. I need PT. You know, I want to start Monday. I need to come in like two or three times a week. You know, they say I want to get back to playing sports. They say, what's your goals? So we have goals to work on for PT, whether it's getting back to pickleball, getting back to sport. And obviously, you know, working on strength, range of motion, uh, maximizing function. So I put them in a schedule for Monday. But then they had uh, texted or called me again today saying, uh, oh, just by the way, just wanted to check, make sure they take my insurance. People think they have physical therapy benefits. I have to explain to them. They actually don't. Anybody with that you know, insurance company, I explain, you know, love to get you in. Um, unfortunately, they don't, the reimbursement's too low to spend the time, you know, we, we need with you. I basically told him the same thing. I he said, well, were they reimbursed? I said, I think it's 25 or $32 or even $17 after $25 copay. It's just ridiculous. Like you can't Not run a business that way. I, again, I don't know how people do it. I've got, I've got it in verbal fights face-to-face with other PTs that take it. Their argument is that maybe that person will have, you know, better insurance or uh, send a friend with a better insurance. I don't, I don't do that because anybody that walks in my doors is getting the, the, the best treatment possible. I don't care what, you know, what insurance they have. So if I'm going to be spending the time with them, I'm going to spend the time with them either way, whether they have crappy insurance or they're paying out of pocket. That's just the way we do it. I can't get reimbursed that low. It's just, you're just basically losing money. Yeah, you can't make a so, living. You can't so, keep the lights on. <laughs> no, it's, it's impossible. This happened before my time, before our time. You know, we're all suffering for this now, younger PTs. Yeah. But I don't know who like agreed to this or how that became possible. Do but you find that like, patients get annoyed if you don't take their insurance or if you're like, listen, you have a really high deductible or something, like it's better if you pay cash like what's kind of like the feedback that you get or is it are people yeah well so for example with this guy um you know he he heard a lot of good things about me he's from the neighborhood where i live in so basically because he lives in plainview and i said i'm gonna gonna make it work for you he's a he's a friend of one of my friends i said i'm gonna make it work for you you could send it i can give you a super bill receipt you can send that to insurance you get partial reimbursement you know for the 25 or 32 dollars whatever it is and i definitely want to see you either way because if you go to another office that, that takes the GHI, I said, maybe they could prove me wrong, but chances are you're getting heat, ice, or stim. Some basic exercises, you're not going to get the time spent with you that you need for rehab and a, you know, that type of injury. I said, you could try it, but I'm pretty sure he's still coming in. Um, that conversation happens all the time. And then, you know, in regards to the deductible situation, you know, basically in-network, out-of-network, when people have a deductible, I have to explain to them, when I was younger, I made the mistake of you come in, well, you know, figure out the deductible afterwards, and then you know, just they just don't understand that. So I have to, you have to take the money up front with my deductible because you you get paid zero. A lot of smart people don't understand that the medical office can't pay for your choosing to have a high deductible plan of two thousand, three thousand, four thousand dollars. So when you charge them, when they have to pay out of pocket to come in. Even though we, we happen to take that particular insurance, but we still have to pay the deductible. You have to explain to people, you know, unfortunately, we can't work for zero dollars. So you have to pay us up ahead of time. And then, oh, when you hit your deductible and for some reason there's a discrepancy, then, you know, we're happy to, you know, reimburse you that money back. But for now, you know, it's showing, I show it to them right on the screen. You have to charge you for the cost. Yeah, it's definitely a huge barrier. And I think just insurance in general is so confusing to so many people that like patients it is very confusing so everyone just gets very overwhelmed and then doesn't even realize how much you know what they have to pay every time they get a a service or monthly or annually whatever and it adds up very quickly 
Oh yeah, the whole thing is a scam. You know, I tell people that all the time. Unless you're working for the government, you know, I happen to be lucky. My wife's a teacher, which kind of you know allow me to kind of freelance and do what I want to do because we're not dependent on the benefits, and we get you know decent benefits through that. If you're not a teacher working for the government, I have a lot of small business owners that come in and they they're like, oh yeah, I have good insurance. You know, I pay three, four thousand dollars a month for this. I said, okay, let me check it for you, and they they still have a. a Two thousand, three thousand deductible. Yep. Typically, they don't have out of network benefits. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry, you know, it's still not a good plan. Like, I mean, it's not a plan that I could take. And people are paying a lot, you know, a lot of money for those plans. It's just, unfortunately, it's really just a scam. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to sum it up. I like that. <laughs> it's true though. Uh, and I think, I mean, how would you recommend like students? You know, you go through clinicals and you're so consumed by your clinical practice, right? That by the time you become a new grad, you're like, I don't know what any of this means unless you're fortunate enough to be in a situation where someone has explained it to you. But do you have any tips for the way students should kind of navigate this space to better understand it and to kind of get a better idea of how they want to practice? You know, that's also another great question because I'm at CI and we have a lot of students at the office. You know, most of the students that come in, they, they actually reach out to me because they, you know, they're sitting in manual therapy or they see the the pictures and videos of the office and, you know, it's a, it's a setting that they'd want to be at. So when they come in as a student, I kind of purposely say to them, don't worry about who's paying insurance. Don't worry about who's paying out of pocket. I, all I want you to focus on is learning and, and practicing your skills. And, you know, as a, as a student, just kind of doing the best thing you can with people and giving them what they need. Don't worry about that stuff. But then some of those same students I end up in now as, as PTs. And then I kind of got to explain the, the business aspect of it. So for example, somebody never in New York here, which is, you know, it's horrible, but it's $60, $70 a visit. You know, you got the PTs, they want to make as they should 40, 50, $60 an hour. But you know, you don't have to be a business person to understand if you're, if we're going to reimburse $60 and I'm paying a bill or seven, 8%, and I'm paying all types of other expenses with, with assistance and, and aids and texts. And that type of person can't get an hour of, of manual therapy as much as we want them to. You know, that's why part of me, um, which I think is possible in the future, I may just, you know, cut out all insurance because then you're just you kind of focus on in terms of running a business, what the numbers are. Yeah. And then you have a little more freedom, I guess, for lack of better words, to kind of just treat and yeah. do whatever you want every session. As a student, just focus on working on your skills and practice. It's just so involved with worrying about insurance and authorizations and things. I mean, I try to teach them a little bit, but I, I try not to overwhelm them with uh, that stuff. Really, my message for the students would be focus as much as you can. You know, if your CI is willing to teach you that, I mean, I know a lot of CIs probably aren't you know the business owners yeah that definitely so, makes sense. i mean i didn't learn any of that as a student yeah you know I didn't, I didn't learn any of that in school we should learn more i don't know maybe it's got a little better but schools are so out of touch with what's going on you know and after what's going on in in the real world so it's kind of unfortunate and that's why i was so i was so down on pt at one point most of my aggravation and frustrations with pt now it comes from the the insurance companies um, you know, for example, so NYSHIP, it's called around here. I don't know if you heard of it. It's a New York State health insurance plan. plan. Oh, okay. That's for state workers, Long Island teachers, um, Long Island, you know, National and Suffolk Police. So it's it's a popular one around here. It's, we take it in network. We have a lot of a lot of patients on that plan. It's through United Healthcare, but it's one of their their plans specific to New York. 
for what I've been taking it for years. And for whatever reason, the past few months, I got emails out where we're re credentialing everybody, not as individuals, but as a groups. Somebody was contacting me directly. She was very nice. I gave her all the paperwork she requested. Today, I, I get a call from a, from a patient who's been coming in a couple of times. And he, he said, hey, I got this notice from your insurance company saying that you're, you're out of network with my plan and that they may only cover 50%. I said, that really makes no sense because I've been taking night shift for years and that's never been an issue. It's very, uh, you know, smooth type of uh, process with that. And so then I said, text me the letter. That's exactly what it said. I've never seen it before. So I contacted my biller who he said he, he's actually had that problem with somebody else last year when they were redoing the credentialing. And like, that was a huge mess with that person. He said, now we, what he recommends is holding all the claims until it gets straightened out. So guess who's got straightened out? That's me. That's now I have to pack schedule tomorrow. I don't have time to do anything. Somebody's got to make that call. Somebody's got to wait in a hold for 45 minutes. Somebody's got to yell at somebody and then go back and forth. And then they don't understand what's going on. Then you usually get transferred to another number. You know, as you said, I've been doing this for a long time. It's just, it's very frustrating. It's how many then, hours would you, know, you say time, you spend gets... on the phone with insurance <laughs> companies every week? Well, I've cut it down. I've actually gotten out of um, Blue Cross, which is like probably one of the most popular insurance companies in the country. Um, just because, so you guys know, in New York, maybe a little more elsewhere. I've heard it's a little more, but in New York, it's $60 flat fee. It doesn't matter if you spend eight minutes with the person or an hour with the person. Hmm. It doesn't matter if you give them a hot pack or massage them for an hour or exercise them. The evaluation is the same rate as well, which is $60. And believe it or not, sometimes those plans, even paying $60, require you to get authorization through AIM, which is called one of their you know, uh, medical management companies. Those companies are the real crooks, to be honest with you, because they just limit the visits. So you have to spend about half an hour either on the computer or an hour on the phone to get like four to six visits. They're paying $60 total. The person sometimes has a $30 to $40 copay. So you're spending all the time to end up getting checks for uh, $20. I was automatically in from previous employers, and it was very hard to get out of that. But I finally got out. Even out of network, some people might have 50% out of network. You could bill $400, $440, but they pay what's reasonable and customary. So 50%, they may say, okay, 130 is reasonable and customary. So some of these, even out of network, Blue Cross, and I'm taking it, still get checks for like $70. And again, like I said, the way I do therapy, I, we spend a lot of time with people. So sometimes we are just staying afloat in terms of paying everybody and, you know, make, making the money. But like I said, from the way I started it, I just, I didn't really worry about the money. I'm really worried more about the doing record. I keep, uh, you know, longevity of it. So everybody that walks in is just, doesn't matter what their insurance is or what they're, they're paying, just getting the best treatment possible. Pretty it's, long, extensive sessions. It's hard to kind of like find the balance between well, I want to get paid and I want to keep the lights on and I want to be able to dish out accordingly to if you have employees or, you know, whatever else, pay your bills. But you also want to provide quality care, but you also don't want to have people go broke to like see you at the same time. So it's like finding which way is it, is it going to work? And I feel like it's such a juggling component and it, it, it adds so much. It's a lot of stress. You know, I'm, I'm still very burnt out. It's it's, it's just different burnout. You know, looking back over the past 15 years, 
would you have gotten into like your own practice sooner or like done things differently in any way? That's another excellent question. Yeah, I actually wouldn't have done it sooner. And this is another story I tell the younger PTs and for the PT world, I could probably write a book about it. I've only kind of tipped the iceberg of, of some of the stuff that I've, I've gone through. It's really a lot of the, the really, really bad experiences that kind of, I would say, lit a fire on to do things very differently than what I saw. And one of my employees, the same guy that went to Stony Brook, he told me last week, he was working for Metro Therapy. I never heard of them. They're kind of chained throughout Long Island and New York. And he said he left there during COVID and he, he really never thought he'd find a job like, you know, when he came working with me. I'm never going to ask him, you know, how many people he saw a day or why didn't this person come back? Because this, the same stuff happens to me. I'm, I'm giving 100% and he, I, I watch him work. He's giving 100%. Sometimes just people don't come back. They feel like they, maybe they got better one time. That's fine. That's usually the greatest thing that ever happens because that person comes back six months or a year later or they've told all their friends to come in. Just, I'm not going to play a numbers game, you know, no matter how busy or, or big we get. And then, yeah, like I said, the experiences when I was working for somebody else, believe it or not, this actually really happened. It's uh, another lesson for younger PTs. Don't ever let somebody go miss a, a pay period with you and not pay you for like two weeks or four weeks. Somebody out there still owes me uh, $15,000. And that's when I had, I had my firstborn, he was like 10 years ago, he was six months old and they declared bankruptcy and, you know, I show up at their house, I'm going to jail. So asking for money. So yeah, there's no, that money's gone. It's long gone. They were nice people. They said, uh, you know, oh, don't worry, we'll have the money. We just, you know, we were away this week and that week. And then they were paying me monthly. And then another month went by. I kept doing the work because you know, the people needed the PT. I was doing work with the kids for them and they, they needed the PT. I don't want to give up on them doing without getting paid, you know, at the time. And then they declared bankruptcy. You know, I got all the bankruptcy float. That's just what's allowed, I guess, in New York or in the country. So yeah. declare bankruptcy and you don't have to pay off, you know, the people. You know, I got like offered like $2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of situation happened to me, you know, again, with the working for people that, you know, definitely took advantage of me when I was younger. You know, those things, all those things, experiences really what can kind of motivate you. I just said, you know, that's what motivated me when I, when I started doing my own. I was working, I would meet people five in the morning, nine o'clock at night. It's, you know, it wasn't ideal, but I said, I'm not going to let those situations happen again. Some new grads feel the pressure of social media and a lot of people preaching about cash pay and all that stuff. You know, would you recommend them? to get into cash pay or like that one-on-one -on -one kind of model as soon as possible so to kind of avoid burnout or just you know for the sake of patient care i think that would be good i see on social media there's a lot of people out there i don't know you know what their intentions are but oh we can, you know help you grow your your pt business get all these people in the door a lot of it just seems like kind of sales to me maybe also taking advantage of people one person bit. that I spoke with a few times, I never actually officially signed up for his course, but I followed along a lot of what he recommended. I looked at what he was doing and, you know, paying cash for this and that. You know, when you're younger in, in the PT world and in school, especially when I was younger, it was cash based was not even like talked about at all. I didn't really know anybody doing that. And I saw his stuff and I said, really, people paying uh, 150, $200 sessions? Like, no, no way. Like, I didn't think that was real. And then a lot of the stuff that he, he said he did with people and that could be done with people is the, the same exact stuff I'm doing now. Also, back to insurance real fast, younger people, people in their 20s, 30s, believe it or not, 
they're like, whatever you charge, just just let me know, and I want to come in with you and and, and work with you because I want to get the you know the best treatment. The older people there, they kind of have the mindset of, oh yeah, yeah, I have this insurance. You you know, I I go to physical therapy using my insurance. But I think and also yeah, insurance that- used to take care of them, but obviously I think as time goes on, it's just getting worse and worse, and it's becoming more of a scam. But it, maybe yeah, I think twenty five people- years ago, you were able to rely on it a little bit more. Yeah, I think that those people had that that kind of stuck in their mindset. Oh, I'm going to physical therapy. I'm going to use my insurance. It's just not valued anymore. Yeah. All this managed care stuff. When I first started out, and the sixty dollars of Blue Cross fifteen years ago. That's when I started out. Was the same thing they're paying now. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. It's crazy. It just gets it gets me so aggravated. It's unfortunate, but it's it's just really sad. And I don't. I think I would probably blame like some of the dinosaur PTs. Just you know, heat stim, ultrasound, three minute rub down go do some band work with a high school kid throughout definitely New York, but probably a lot of the country just kind of ruined it for everybody because the insurance company's not stupid. You know, Medicare's not stupid. That's why they're making cuts. You know, even I take the Medicare. The Medicare is good. It's pretty straightforward. You know what to expect. It's not huge payments, but the old people definitely need the therapy. And it's the same thing goes for me, the Medicare people. I'm not putting a Medicare person on a bike for 15 minutes and giving them heat and stem. They're doing real work. They're doing gait balance training. You spend the time with them. In fact, unfortunately, I actually um, underbill Medicare because the people just want, they're going to want to keep coming in. So rather than building right. four or five units and r- ripping through their Medicare dollars, typically uh, we do two or three units, even though we're actually spending a lot more time with them because it sounds silly, but some of these older people, they're just going to show up at the office. They <laughs> and just, they also kind of really they need want, it too. Yeah, no, they do. Yeah, I have people that really need it. I have somebody starting tomorrow. That he's, I think he's 80 and the daughter, son called me today just now that you know he was going somewhere else for pt he was left alone he wasn't getting the one-on-one time i said i know that's why he's coming here and we're gonna spend a time with him so i wanted to kind of start wrapping up but i feel like we've touched on a lot of different topics so what are your final thoughts it could be about a topic that we spoke about or just in general final thoughts and any tips for students who are going through pt school or graduating soon yeah, one thing I really quick I didn't mention in regards to your account and some of the students. Another reason why I like following you is because when I was in school and you know, I was younger and starting out as a PT, you know, the stuff I see in your page and from the students is the stuff like I was always thinking in my head. But at the time, there was no Instagram or groups to really talk about. It was kind of taboo to talk about like, don't you feel our salary is kind of low or... <laughs> Don't you feel like we're getting asked to work on way too many people or, you know, do this, do that when we're not really utilizing what we learned at school or just, you know, feeling burned out during school and feeling like I remember in my uh, second or third year at PT school, like I really just didn't like it. I felt burned out with it. Even back then, I was going to drop out and it was really just my mom that said, just, you know, you're at this point, just finish it up already because you always fall back and, and at least make money doing that. So, I mean, I almost dropped out of school. I failed the massage panel, and that's to get paid to massage people all day, basically. So now what happens in school doesn't matter. I think I, I passed the uh, licensing exam by one or two points. <laughs> Again, I don't care. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like, I'm not embarrassed to say that. And that's the reason why I like your account, because I wish there was something like that of people to just chat about some of these frustrations that when I was younger, there was, there was really no, nobody talked about that. I talked to my family about it. Like, this is like, I don't know if this is great or why, you know, why this is happening. But like, is that normal? Like, at least... A lot of stuff you say and put on there is, is definitely true, and it's a good outlet for a lot of younger people. And then the younger P- PTs starting out, a big thing is that if you're working for you know a busy clinic and they're taking all the insurance and you're not happy, just get out of that because I don't know how you can be happy working you know four to six people. 
you know, they may tell you, oh, we yeah, will pay you 100 grand, 110, whatever it is. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like, if there's a few thousand dollars, just be a slave to that kind of work. And, you know, if you want to do better and you think you can, you, you definitely could do it. I mean, if I could do it, any, anybody could do it. Just have that mindset. You're going to just, just focus on working with the people, you know, doing the best job possible. That's what I always did. I think it gets lost in translation too, because you don't know any better also as a new grad either. So you're kind of like, Ooh, a paycheck. And then you're starting out. And I've also heard from students that they don't realize that like, it's okay to change your job. I actually got slack from that. Like when I posted in the fall that I left my job and then got a new job and everyone was like, Oh my God, are you leaving PT? Like what's going on? Like, why would you change jobs? Well, but I was like, uh it's normal to change a job as a pt you need to change jobs except if any of my employees are listening don't, don't change. I, like <laughs> I, mean, I will defend the fact uh, that i'm I blessed with like good employees i will defend the fact that i feel like acute care is a little different in that sense but if you're in like outpatient ortho i feel like one of the only ways to grow is if you start changing clinics no in, in outpatient ortho you 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 definitely have to leave especially if, if you're feeling burnt out or you're not the you're not second happy you someone feels even an inkling of burnt out get out I was burnt out a lot, you know, for me, it's not an option not to be burnt out. I mean, everybody's got their bills and their things. I just, I have a lot of expenses with my three kids and the building and the house. And there's just, there's a lot of expenses. So I just have to keep grinding. You're burning yourself out for no reason. It's especially when you're younger, take a lot of different experiences, take a chance. If you're motivated and willing to work hard, I could almost guarantee you'll succeed. Again, just take the time and give the best PT possible. You want to open your own office? Don't even take insurance. Just tell people what you do. Tell them how you can help them. Stop putting what you do on a social media page or wherever you want to put it on a website. And it all takes one person. That's pretty much what happened with me. It's very true. And the power I, of word of mouth is much more powerful than any amount of followers. I can say that. Yeah, 100%. When I started, I didn't have an Instagram or Facebook page. It was just for a while, it was just word of mouth. And then it got to the point where people kept asking me, well, well, what do you do? And then I finally realized, I think I'm better off just making a, an Instagram page or a Facebook business account. And then I said, okay, just, just watch the videos. You can see how we do it at the office. It's just way easier. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you, every person that walks in the door, I have the, the mentality that they all have a circle of friends, they all have a circle of family. And the more and more you do it, the more and more people they're going to send, you know, really just do the right thing by people. Don't try to worry about making a short term buck on them. Don't worry if you're charging them 100, 125, 150. Charge whatever you think you're worth. And, you know, if you spend the time with people and do the right thing, they're going to keep coming back and then you could be successful if you want. But don't be a slave to somebody taking advantage of you. That's, I, like that's, I think, the num number one important thing. That's a great, great note to end on. Where can people find you if they have questions or want to chat about anything that you talked about today? I would say the best way is probably uh, on my Instagram at the Savage Physio Doc. Um, I actually get a lot of younger PTs and students just you know, ask me questions how to start the business. They want to you know do it similar to the way I do it. If I take insurance, if I don't take insurance, so feel free to just you know message me if you have any questions. I'm happy to help out. I'd love to see more PTs just kind of doing things the way I do it. Again, not that I'm the the best PT of all time. I do it the way I think works and. You know, it's kind of a niche. Everybody's got their own niche of how they how they treat. We do kind of combination of a lot of aggressive manual work, plus always corrective exercises. You can't do one without the other. 
in my opinion they, yeah, it's gotta be both <laughs> that's starting <laughs> that's gonna start a war with people i know it already <laughs> see a lot of uh exercise based pts that's great i, I mean I, i'm in the squat rack almost every other day myself that's huge but you but, know what the patient's in front of you need so that's what i think what it really comes down to every patient is yeah just, exactly no two people doing the same exercise in our office if that's happening that's a problem everybody's doing some their own program <laughs> that's good and getting different different treatment awesome well you guys know where to find him if you have any questions and thanks for coming on yeah appreciate it thanks for having me on and good luck with everything Thank you for listening to this episode of the All Things Physical Therapy podcast. Make sure to leave a review and subscribe to stay updated on new episodes. You can find more episodes like these on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And to stay up to date, follow dpt.steph on Instagram or go to www.dptsteph.com.